What's up, babe? It's Stoner Uncle Boner here. Literally nothing anyone predicted happened this episode. Was it disappointing? Was it satisfying? Did a lot of things that seem significant end up being ultimately pointless? Is this all just an allegory for the human experience? We'll find out on this episode of the Infinity Watch Podcast! Wow. <laughs> six out of six infinity stones for that intro. Let me tell you. Stoner Uncle Boner. Not... Stoner Uncle Boner. <laughs> Welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast. If those intros don't get you to listen to at least an hour of this, I'm not sure what will. True. My name is Tommy. I'm here with my co-host, Eric, and we are joined once again by the world-renowned theorist who predicted the Agatha Harkness Chris McGraw theorem. Chris McGraw. Welcome back, Chris. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Thank you for that wonderful intro. I am the smartest man alive. <laughs> well, you know, that, that's what we were going for there. Alive. And you copied so it is, of them, but <laughs> Sure did, sure did. We'll give him all the credit, though. True, um, true. You know, no one on the internet or anyone in existence was saying Agatha Harkness until Chris McGraw did, and, and we would like to let everyone know that that originated on this podcast. So. True. Um, Chris, good to have you back, uh, kind of going full circle here with our guests and, and their experience with WandaVision as we wrap up the entire series. Um, this is episode eight of the podcast to discuss the series finale of WandaVision. But before I know we'll have a lot of heated and uh, disappointing comments, I'm sure, <laughs> um, let's get into Marvel news and, and kind of what's coming up, because obviously we've been going through WandaVision for eight weeks now. So we have a little, little bit of a break next week. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier comes out on March 19th. So next week, uh, we're going to kind of have an episode going over what we predict is going to happen, what we want to happen, you know, just kind of talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then we'll be back with, uh, with episodes of that show the following week after. Um, I think it's also worth noting that there will be a making of the WandaVision documentary out on Disney Plus next week as well. So we may touch on that too. <laughs> well, have, haven't you heard, Tom, the... Uh... The QAnon-style rumor is that it's actually not going to be a making of. It's going to be the true series finale. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's FYI if you believe you know, that, I... you're dumb. But, but there are a ton of people who legitimately think that's happening. You know, it's it's funny for people that get disappointed a lot to set themselves up for further disappointment. I love it. I love it. Uh, I actually read an interview with the with the director of the show where they're like, "Have you heard the rumor about the tenth episode?" And he he was he had no idea that people were even saying this. He's probably like, "God damn it, these people!" <laughs> Gotta stop. Like they're setting ideas themselves up heads. for disappointment. <laughs> All right, so yeah, uh, we will we will talk about Wandavision in a little bit, um, but let's jump into some news. Um, I'll just say, I don't know, you know, obviously with WandaVision, we experienced a lot of rumors, um, and, you know, different bits of news. It seems like now, um, especially with like the climate of the internet and, you know, just people trying to get scoops on things, there's a lot of 
information and rumors that come flying at us fans, right? And I've noticed this a lot for Thor Love and Thunder. Um, a lot of websites are posting like paparazzi pictures and, oh, well, this might reveal how so-and-so does, you know, whatever. And so I've personally been trying to avoid that, but uh, it's worth noting that there's a lot of stuff coming out related to Thor Love and Thunder. The one thing I will say, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler, is that I saw some pictures and it looked like Natalie Portman uh, had been putting on some muscle. Oh, so, really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I so, can find uh, those pictures. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. So there's been a lot of photos coming out because obviously they're shooting the fourth Thor movie in Australia um, and a lot of paparazzi photos coming out there and, and a lot of uh, rumors and whatnot. But we are expecting to see her become a female version of Thor in that film in some capacity, at least that's that's the talk. So um, some photos coming out there. So if you want to avoid spoil, uh, spoilers for Thor Love and Thunder, be careful when you're searching online. All go. right, Eric, you may be interested in this one. There's a website called the Illuminerdy. What a name. Um, and according to the Illuminerdy, which is just an interesting word to say, Marvel is moving forward on a new feature film titled The Mutants, which will finally introduce the X-Men to the MCU. Details are few and far between, but Kevin Feige, our lord and savior, is said to be heading up the project as a producer, which he does for every movie, so I'm not sure why... Was it's there's any reason to point that out, but it seems like we're gonna get a movie that might be called The Mutants, but we'll find out. Yeah, I uh, I give the Illuminerdies scoop reliability a zero out of six Infinity Stones, so I don't personally put I'm right there with you, buddy. any stock at all in this. I think there's no possible chance. I don't think there's any possible chance that Marvel would be stupid enough to get back such a colossal property as the X-Men and call the movie about them the mutants. That would be maybe the dumbest move in the history of Marvel. That might be dumber than selling the mutants and the, the, the X-Men in the first place. If they decide to do that, they got to call whatever movie it is, either the X-Men or like if like a character from the x-men they can't just call it the mutants that would be so dumb and i'll be extremely disappointed if that's true but it's not so it doesn't matter that's worse <laughs> you know I, ed, I think ed norton is is uh the hulk yes pretty bad. It's pretty bad wow okay i do think it's funny like you're running a, a, a nerd website and it's like we got a big scoop Kevin Feige is going to produce an X-Men film. <laughs> yeah, that's the scoop. Like, it's, like... it's like, well, no shit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, we know that the X-Men will be introduced at some point. Who knows what the title will be? And I'm sure it'll probably change while they're writing it, too. But, you know, Fantastic Four are coming our way. X-Men are coming our way. There's a lot of properties that are coming our way soon. So hopefully we get more news on the X-Men front, because I know, especially Eric, I know from your perspective, WandaVision kind of gave us that hunger for mutants even more than we already had. So yes. uh, definitely want to see more of that. All right. Um, while doing rounds to promote the film Cherry that Tom Holland is in, he was asked about shooting the new Spider-Man uh, film, Spider-Man, or let's see, the sequel, sorry, to Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, what was it called again? I can't even remember. Something, something home. So, I can only mm. remember the joke ones. <laughs> yeah, Home yeah. Place was my favorite. Uh, Spider-Man 3. Oh, oh, how do I already no Way Home. No Way Home. No Way Home. There we go. See, this is the problem with having a home in every title is they yeah. all blend together. What a... 
and doesn't make any sense. I just can't remember any of them. Okay, No Way Home. So he described filming this movie as, quote, the hardest one he's ever made. For the moment, I'm just focusing on one thing at a time, and it's Spider-Man, and I'm really enjoying making it. It's been very tough. It's definitely the hardest one we've ever made, but I'm just giving all of my attention to that, really. And so, I don't know. Doesn't, to me, I'm just kind of like, it's your hardest Spider-Man movie. I don't know. Dude. Like, what does that even mean? This kid... They need to stop letting him in press junkets. Seriously. I feel like he is so damaging to every project he's on. Like he's talking about how like. So in my opinion, he was clearly trying to distance himself from the movie. He was giving himself an interview on the Uncharted movie that he's in. Basically telling this whole story about he did a bad job. I'm like, bro, what are you fucking doing? Like, why do you say stuff like this? And then I feel like this is almost the same thing. It's like, it's the hardest one. It's like, why are you, why, what's the motivation behind saying this? And I, and my immediately go to, is it because you think this is going to be bad? And I feel like that's a Ooh. reasonable thing to think, whether or not it's true. It's like, just shut the fuck up, Tom Holland. Yeah, like. <laughs> When that solo movie came out, all I could think about while I was watching that movie was how the stories came out about how bad of an actor the guy who played Han Solo is. Right. So it ruined his acting for right. me. If I had if I had never heard that, I probably would have been like, whatever. Yeah, like, would have been fine. Like you know, not the best actor in the world, but it, you know, not it noteworthy bad. Right. Right, yeah, but because I had heard that, all I could think about was like, oh man, this guy blows at acting, yeah, and it totally ruined the movie, and like pretty much screwed up all their little side projects they were thinking about doing from then on out. Yeah, and Tom you Holland just, did that to himself. Yeah, That's insane. <laughs> you would just think that an actor would be better at bullshitting with the press. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, he skipped his improv classes in college. Clearly, clearly. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. For, for me, it's like, I don't read that as bad, but like, I, Eric, I totally get what you're saying. It's just, he said a lot of things about this movie already. And I'm just like, I, I really don't want to read this, but it ends up popping up in, in the headlines. And I'm like, Oh, well, here we go. He said something. So I don't <laughs> just know. makes me nervous. I'm, I'm really nervous about this movie too, because I want to love it. And I love the last two. I, I love the last two Spider-Man movies a yeah. lot. So, um, I hope they don't fuck up the multiverse. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah yeah agreed oh man that would be awful <laughs> yep all right last big bit from me um the uh director of the film eternals which is supposed to come out at the end of this year chloe Zhao, um she made golden globe history uh last week as the second woman to win best director prize for her film nomadland so uh, to me, I'll just take that as a positive that uh, the director of an upcoming marvel movie is getting a lot of really good uh press and she's winning awards and she might win best director in the oscars you know it's it's always good to have uh good talent behind the camera for a marvel film so that's Hell pretty yeah. cool what what movie did you say she's directing nomadland she directed eternals eternals eternal oh boy yeah that's another one the, i'm skeptical about <laughs> but the yeah, most but ambitious yeah. movie ever made <laughs> the best I script mean, i've ever read yeah, I mean, I, I've heard so much about Kumail Nanjiani's workouts from that movie that it's just yeah, like that's yeah. that's like that's more. I've heard more about that than anything else, and it's like, man, if they're if they're making that the main story, how good is this uh, movie gonna be? 
I'm wondering if this has all been made so much worse too that like we basically have had like press junkets and people talking about films for twice as long because of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They need stuff so. to talk about, yeah. True. All right, Eric, you got any news for us this week? Um, not really. It's been a super quiet week in Star Wars news. Um there's a <laughs> there is a rumor uh, rearing its head yet again as it will until the end of time that Disney Plus is working on a Luke Skywalker show. Uh it's obviously not happening. Don't get your hopes up. That's for sure a lie. Uh but that's the only thing. And and I'm could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that scoop was also from the Illuminati. So <laughs> God damn it, so, guys. So, uh, yeah, that's obviously not happening. There's for sure not going to be a live-action Luke Skywalker show. Um, yeah, just FYI. <laughs> but it would be cool. Sheesh, I wish there was, and I wish they cast Sebastian Stan, but they won't. So Seems like it would be. It's, it's like another perfect opportunity. I don't know. Yeah. I'd, I'd, it seems like they're moving a little bit slow there, but I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing. Um Lots of shows are coming towards us, though. It's I, I yeah. really hope for for everyone's sake that the next Star Wars shows that go on beyond Mandalorian are are the same quality because that's been extremely refreshing um, for that kind of whole fan base and 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 the whole universe of Star Wars. So I love the Mandalorian, but I, I'm I think I know the answer to this question. I feel like the Skywalker family can step back. There's like a whole universe of people in that Star Wars universe, and we've had so many movies about the Skywalkers. I'm like, I'm all set with the Skywalkers, all right? You guys had your, like, 50 years in the spotlight. Let's let someone else take over. No? Yeah, Anyone no, else no. Feel that way? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, a, that's a, a very, you're not alone in that take, and I think I mostly agree, um, but I think that, uh Lucas Arts are current well Lucas Film, Lucas Arts, whatever, are doing a lot more than a lot of people think right now, expanding those stories beyond the Skywalkers with their uh the High Republic initiative, which uh I will talk about more in our recommendation portion of the podcast at, at the end. But but yeah, but they they are um I think they are doing that. All the stuff set in a time period, obviously before Anakin Skywalker, who is Jedi Jesus, born of immaculate conception, uh, obviously can't have Skywalkers. So, and the High Walker or the High Republic stories all take place like a thousand years before that happened. Um, and I'm I can only assume the live action shows like the Acolyte about a Sith Acolyte. I can't imagine that's going to happen during the time of the Skywalker. So I, I think they're working on stuff. I, I think it's just going to take maybe a, a, a year or two before it really takes over the, the public consciousness. I would just like to, I, I don't know what made me just think of this. I just like to imagine if JJ Abrams wrote the Mandalorian in season two, they'd be like, what's his name? Grogu. Grogu. What? Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so cringy can't oh, believe man. it righty, folks it is time for us to discuss wandavision 
Before we do, I have a question for you guys. Uh, All right. Question: Do you carry random safety pins in your pockets just to get out of handcuffs at random times? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. I guess I'm I'm the only one. Flourish, Chris. Flourish. Okay. Flourish. All right. Uh, <laughs> we are going to discuss the series finale, which is what the actual episode is called, um, episode nine of Wandavision. I I like to point out. I saw an article that was like will WandaVision have additional seasons? And it's like, the episode's called the series finale, man. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I think this is um, it. But yeah, this is kind of the, the conclusion. Um, there is a lot of talk before this episode, lots of theories. Um, there's been a lot of theories throughout the entire series. And so um, there's a lot of mixed emotions related to this episode for sure. Uh, so I think we have a lot to talk about. Um, so... Let's, I guess, just jump right into it, I suppose. I don't know if we just want to bounce around uh, do or we, go chronological. I think I kind of liked it last week when we went more chronological. Let's let's do that again, if you're cool with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can totally. I have notes that are chronological, so I can kind of set up each of the scenes and we can kind of talk through them. Um, so we left off in, in episode eight uh, prior to the after credits scene with basically Agatha Harkness, and she's kind of like, uh, magically choking the kids while floating in the air, right? Um, and so this episode starts off right where we left off, and we see Wanda fighting Agatha. Um, and so this kind of starts off the whole, you know, witch versus witch powers, and and they're both flying around. And, and I'll just say that I thought the CGI of all the fights looked pretty good, um, you know, with, with these characters doing a lot of really crazy movements. Um, but yeah, we, we see the two fighting, and they're going back and forth. Uh, Wanda basically tells the boys, go to your rooms, which to me, I'm like, you got like two like mutant kids. Maybe they could help a little bit, but um, that's neither here nor there. Um, and so they're fighting back and forth. We get a really cool uh, Wizard of Oz reference when Wanda throws a car and it hits Agatha. And you kind of see like some boots on the ground, very uh, similar to when the house falls on the witch in Wizard of Oz. Um, and then White Vision approaches Wanda. And then I'll, I'll leave it at this part after I say this, where she says, Vision, is it really you? And he kind of caresses her face and says, Wanda. And then he just starts crushing her skull, which is super <laughs> fucked. Um, what did you guys think of that that kind of opening sequence in this episode? Man, the, the uh, skull crushing part definitely took me back to a, a show that ended very poorly called Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> and I, I, oh man, it, so I, I, yeah. I thought of the same exact thing, Chris. Like, That's exactly what oh I thought. Oh my of. God. I, I like started sweating because I was like, there's no, uh, there's no way that Disney would do that. But, um, but gosh, it just took me right back to there. But, uh, I loved the Wizard of Oz gag so much. Um, <laughs> the Wicked Witch is dead. Yeah, right. No. Um, and uh, yeah, fake vision. Uh, I, we'll talk a little bit more more about him later. But I actually, um, I was at the end of last episode when we got to see fake vision, or as some on the internet are calling him fission. Um, as we got, <laughs> we got to see him, I was like, I don't know how much I'm going to like this guy. And uh, I don't know. He kind of uh, I liked him as a character, um, and I liked his part in this episode a lot for some reason like he was almost too white to me i don't know like yeah i don't like and i was kind of surprised but i was like he looks weird yeah i mean obviously 
like I, I'm not expecting him to look normal because it's like all white vision, but he was he was like so white. Dude, he my very first note was white vision looks like shit in in motion in the first shot. And I do I will say I that was the only shot. The very first shot they showed him. I was like, ooh, but but then after that, that, it must didn't hit it me then, that yeah. way. After that, it, it, it was mostly fine. Um, I'm wondering if it maybe was the lighting then or something. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. But but yeah, that very first shot, I was like, oh, what, what the fuck? But I agree with you on uh, the like 99% of the CGI in this episode was amazing like insane movie quality easily um but yeah that one shot that took me by surprise too i'm super glad you you said something yeah and i think i'm i now i'm thinking about it eric i completely agree like after that i'm not sure if it really bothered me much so it's maybe it was just the lighting or the effects in that specific scene were just a little jarring or something i don't know yeah um but i definitely know the very first time i was like hmm that's weird. Yeah, you know, but. totally. All right. So, uh, oh, I, I, I will say probably to absolutely no one's surprise. I fucking hated the Wizard of Oz gag. Uh, I really lowered <laughs> the overall quality <laughs> of the episode to me in oh a big my way. Gosh. Hated it. Oh I find God. it funny. Any, anytime that they're like, let's just throw this in here for like some fan fun stuff. Um, Eric's just like. I hate it, and now I hate everything more. Um, you, but but you can throw me. stuff in, but it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to literally roundhouse kick me in the fucking face, right? Like they they lingered on that yeah. shot for so long. It's like it did. We yeah. get it. You're not cute. Like it just it, that shit just I annoys me so fun. much. Did it? Yeah, it did linger quite a while. I I do. I, I can agree with you there that it lingered quite a while, um, but uh, maybe not quite as long as I am Iron Man in Endgame. <laughs> but it felt similar yes. in in linger lingeringness. <laughs> um, but I still I don't know. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna jump around a little bit from here. Um, but uh, we see a scene of Monica, and she is trapped in a bedroom with Pietro. Um, but we, so this is, I'm sure this is going to spark some conversation. We learned that Pietro is actually Agnes's husband that she's been referring to Ralph, um, and that she's controlling him with like an an enchanted necklace. And his name is actually Ralph Boner. (laughs) And so I'm just thinking this whole scene, I literally, all I was thinking about was Eric, this entire scene. Yeah. And I'm like, could you feel my rage? No Mephisto, okay? No mutants and no multiverse. And all of this is not happening. And instead, we're getting a cheap boner joke. And I could hear Eric smashing his television <laughs> while I was watching this. Um <laughs> Eric, I wanna I wanna hear I wanna hear your takeaway from when you discovered the, the final scenes here with Ralph Boner. So first of all, I'll say I was I really was not that like, I'm not super bummed that that Mephisto wasn't. I thought I thought he might be, but that doesn't really. Agatha's a totally uh, like sh- more than worthy of, of, of being a singular vi- uh, villain. So so that doesn't bother me at all. Um, 
and I can eat. I can forgive the. Oh fuck! Which uh, which one? Uh, basically, basically, what I'm saying is, I, I can forgive their like no mutant talk. That's fine. But I just mm-hmm. think it's cr- it's it does feel like a like a slap in the face to fans to cast Evan Peters and then obviously know what people are gonna be thinking people know dr strange 2 involves the multiverse people know wanda's a part of that movie you obviously know what the fan base is going to be thinking you cast evan peters and then ultimately you basically to say fuck you to all those people you name this character ralph boner (laughs) <laughs> that literally so, infuriated oh me. man to quote this article that i sent you guys earlier i'm not going to read the whole thing but this there's a couple why would you play with my expectations marvel to surprise me to bring me joy the only joy i feel is when my fan theory is approved correct so that people know i'm smart <laughs> see <laughs> i don't even and like that's and that's coming from the guy who knew it was uh, Agatha Harkness all along before anybody else. So so yeah, like yeah, I I uh, yeah, that that was just like ugh, I don't know. I I agree with you, Eric, but I and I also agree with the fact that I'm okay that Mephisto was not in this because I think that one episode of Mephisto is worse. Yes. Like yeah. like just yeah, yeah, yeah. thirty minutes and then just like pulling them in, you know, like oh here's this guy that we thought, you know, like, no, it needs to be way more than that. So, um, yeah. So to play devil's advocate, not that I necessarily agree with it. I would just say, I feel like if it wasn't Aaron Taylor Johnson or Evan Peters, I don't think we would have believed that it could have been, um, that it could have been Quicksilver. You know what I mean? If it was just like any other actor, I would have been like, well, this is just like some fake person. Um, and so I think in some ways, like making it someone who previously um, uh, previously played Quicksilver makes it a little bit more believable. But like the disappointment totally makes sense at the same time. Um, yeah. I read an interesting thing and I would like to read it. I saw this comment online and, and it says, if you want some false hope, here's another tinfoil hat theory, which we know how these theories end up disappointing everyone. Ralph Boner is the person from the Witness Protection Program who went missing when the hex started that prompted Jimmy Woo to start the investigation. Ralph Boner is just his assumed identity, though, which is why he laughs at his own name. Who is he for real? He's Pietro from another universe. The only spell that Agatha put on him was the mind control and the necklace. He has speed powers because he actually has speed powers. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, honestly, I'm not the probability of that in my head is not zero, but it is very low. I don't think that's going to going to happen, but it it wouldn't completely shock me if Marvel somehow brought this character back in some way, because there are those threads that have been left uh, untied. But but I I don't think that's that's going to happen. I think we'll probably never see Evan Peters ever again in the Marvel Universe would be my guess. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm I'm so disinterested in that guy who first brings the FBI to town. <laughs> yeah, like, like I forgot like, that like even they, happened. Yeah, just like if they, if they come back, they're like, actually, here's what it's like, man, like n- n- ev- nobody cares. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, 
I do have some takeaways. I have like a notes for takeaways and some questions at the end of this series, since I'm assuming that there's not going to be a second season, right? And one of them was, who was the missing person case that Jimmy Wu was investigating, um, which is a question that we never really get answered. And maybe it has absolutely no significance, and that's probably the case. But um, yeah, it was just one of those things that maybe I thought we might hear something about, but we never did. Yeah, and so. uh, Marvel could choose to give it significance with a Jimmy Woo series at any point, and people would love it and think it was all part of the plan, even if it wasn't. So, <laughs> right, and, but you know what? At the same time, I will say that's something that comics and the MCU have done uh, since day one. Like you have oh, to yeah. have some plot threads that you can expand on, right? Yeah, plot threads so are maybe retcons. maybe we'll learn someday. Yeah. All right. Um, the next thing we see is basically uh, Agatha Harkness. She has this magical book, right, that she pulls out, and it's called The Darkhold, um, which has significance in, in Marvel comics. And in some of the Marvel TV shows that showed up before, it's it's known as the Book of the Damned or the Book of Sins. And so historically, the Darkhold is made of dark matter from the hell dimension, um, and it's been connected to characters like Ghost Rider and and several other Marvel characters, um, even, you know, like Wanda in the comics and stuff like that. And uh, Agatha says, the Scarlet Witch is not born. She is forged. She has no coven, no need for incantation. Your power exceeds that of the Sorcerer Supreme. It is your destiny to destroy the world. Yeah. I and so I like thought that, that was a very drop. significant moment. Yeah, I, I I loved that name drop, and I loved the uh, basically the idea that I I think in that prophecy, destroy the world means uh, change it to the point where uh, it's unrecognizable, which to me could still potentially mean uh, she brings the mutants in, but. Damn. We shall okay, see. so I guess is that what wow. would you be happy with her bringing the mutants into the world? Is that kind of uh, yeah. best case scenario for you, Eric? Yeah, I think it would be. I think, and and again, I think what will happen is it'll just be uh, mutants were here all along, and we just didn't reference them for the past twelve years or whatever. But yeah, I think. So we, I, I, I was gonna get into this later, and and I'll try to save the bulk of it for for later. But like, one thing about this series is Wanda is so clearly the villain, and she gets off with literally no repercussions. And I right. feel like she has to do something world altering in the next uh, phase of movies. And I feel like it might as well be connected to her comic book history as a mutant. I think it would be really weird if she just decided to like blow up the world or something. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I would I really want to see her involved in some way. I mean, clearly they're setting her up to do something crazy with her powers. Right. But I, I just I just hope it's involved with that. So Marvel, though, has a history of not having repercussions for some of their villains like obviously some of them get destroyed and die and whatever but loki killed like a ton of people yeah yeah and he's like everybody's like second favorite whatever yeah um so uh yeah but that... i wouldn't be surprised if she walked away without like any repercussions just because like what she did compared to 
what Loki did is really not much. True, but I would say the difference is Loki spends 99% of his existence like uh, on in another galaxy, basically. So it's like there's only so much Sword and Shield mm-hmm. and the Avengers can do or even can care to do because from Thor's perspective, Loki's just the god of mischief. He just does this shit. You know, so like he doesn't like he doesn't necessarily have any uh, huge drive to put him away for good or anything. But I but I feel like Wanda. I mean, she's chilling in the forest, learning how to make magic nukes currently. So spoiler alert. Yeah, (laughs) that was one of my takeaway questions, too. I said, will Wanda face any true consequences for her actions in Westview? I mean, in Civil War, a terrorist was going to blow up a bomb. And she essentially made that bomb kill less people. Right. And they basically locked her up for that. Right. Um, and so obviously I, I think this is a good se- in my opinion. Right. Absolutely. And, and I think this is a good segue back into kind of uh, you see the the citizens of Westview wake up in this episode and it, it's really super fucked up. Um Agatha Harkness, uh, you know, she basically cast a spell that un- undoes the spell that that uh, Wanda did on everyone in town and they all start freaking out and you know asking her if like just let me hold my children it seems like all the kids are just like asleep in their room and they can't <laughs> do anything uh, we hear quotes like when you let us when when you let us sleep we have your nightmares we feel your pain your grief is poisoning us if you won't let us go just let us die <laughs> yikes yeah that is uh yeah. And then when Wanda tells Agatha to free Sarah, she replies, she's your meat puppet. I just cut her strings. It's like, oh, yikes. Yeah. Oh. It's super fucked up. And so, I mean, that that kind of ties into what we're saying is like, you know, I get it. Like Agatha's more of the big baddie and, you know, she just wants the power. But like Wanda is so far from innocent. Yeah. In all of this. Wanda did uh, way more damage than Agatha did in this year. What did Agatha even do? She killed Sparky. That's her biggest crime. She killed oh, Sparky. Oh, man. But she right. she killed Sparky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can't kill a dog. But like, but God damn, Wanda tortured people for like a really long time. Yeah, and Wanda's torturing is what brought Agatha there to begin yeah. with. So it's like, yeah, right, exactly. So like, Sparky um, would still be alive. Oh man, so that's on Wanda too. Jeez, yeah. man. <laughs> and so it, it's at this point that Wanda, she's like, fine. She starts opening the hex, right? Um, but the moment she starts opening the hex, Vision, Billy, and Tommy start like breaking apart, right? They cannot survive outside of the hex so wanda wanda can't get rid of the hex without getting rid of her family which is which is you know the whole conundrum of the whole series right um and so while she's opening it up for a little bit this allows uh director hayward and a few sword uh agent soldiers whatever you want to call them come into town um before she closes the hex back up again once she realizes that she can't live without vision billy and tommy um (laughs) you know at this point, I, I know it, it jumps forward a little bit, but the Humvees drive into town. Um, Monica Rambo is there nearby, and um, basically Wanda tells Billy and Tommy, handle the military. So, you know, they do some magic and then some super speed, steal all their weapons. Um, and so Director Hayward, who 
I feel like he was kind of redeeming himself a little bit in the last few episodes where it's like, oh, he's just trying to create vision to like end, you know, what's happening with the hex. But then like he went full Nazi kind of in this episode, <laughs> I'd say. Um, and his first thought is to just come into town and shoot some children. Yeah. <laughs> like he didn't wait, like he didn't try to shoot Wanda or anything. He's like, oh, Wanda's kids. Let's just open fire on them with my handgun. Um, and that's where we got to see really Monica. This is Monica's moment in this episode. And I'll, I'll get to that a little bit later. But she basically absorbs all of the bullets that were intended for the boys, except for one, uh, which Wiccan kind of floats in the air and then drops on the ground. Um, and so, you know, I don't know, Hayward's a piece of shit. And so he immediately tries fleeing in a Humvee to which we got another cool moment where Darcy smashes into it with the truck she was driving from the circus. And her one line says, have fun in prison. <laughs> I, how come we didn't get more of her? Yeah, that's what, that was going to be my question. That was felt so yeah. awkward. Yeah. Yeah. I think honestly, both her and Monica got way less time than they th yeah. than I thought they would. Agreed. Um, it's just Monica. That was really her big moment in this episode, and then we didn't really get much else. I guess I thought that maybe her and Wanda would kind of team up a little bit more, but she didn't really have much to do, which was really weird. Yeah, I also felt like so. Obviously, I mean, you remember how hyped I was at her first like power reveal. And I felt right. this one was way worse. Like, she's just, like, bullets can phase through her now? That has nothing to do with what we saw in the last episode. There's no explanation. It was just a little too, like, yeah, she can basically do whatever we need her to do and, and whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. It just seemed too, like, open-ended. Like, what is her power set? <laughs> I think just with just... Monica, Monica's she's basically like a like she's able to control like all of that energy in her body. So like she can she can become like a being of just like full on energy, essentially. Um, it's kind of hard describing that. Well, I know that's yeah, that's kind of like her comic book power set, right? I, right. I just feel it's like not they clear in the show. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, what and is so... like, I guess that it, it, for me, that moment had zero suspense because just this power that no one has seen before that has no reason to be there, like, the bullets just go through her? Like, for what reason? I was just more like, what the fuck is this? Like, it didn't... I don't know. It just really hit me weird. Really hit me weird. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I think I just... I, something played on my phone really quick. I don't know if you guys I heard that. I did hear it. <laughs> I was wondering what... My bad. Was. No, you're good. My bad. My phone went off really quick uh, while I was looking <laughs> something up. No, yeah, it's... It, yeah, I totally get that. It's like, it's not super clear. And especially for that to be really Monica's big moment. Um, I don't know. I wanted more. I wanted more yeah, for same. sure. I'm super hype on Monica. Um, and, and one of my takeaways has to do with her too. And we'll we'll get to that later. But I will say I was a little disappointed in Monica's moment in this episode. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, I'll set up, I'll set up the scene with vision versus white vision is what I'm calling him. Um, so basically we got these two visions fighting. It's, it's super physical at first. Um, and this was actually something I liked in this episode is, is at, at some point during the fight between vision and white vision, it uh, turns from physical to philosophical, uh, which I very much enjoyed. <laughs> um, 
And so Vision, White Vision's directive is to basically destroy Vision, right? And so at one point, Vision says, but I am not the true Vision, only a conditional Vision, to which White Vision says, I request elaboration. <laughs> and so they have this, this conversation. He goes, are you familiar with the thought experiment, the ship of Theseus in the field of identity metaphysics? To which, one, <laughs> to which White Vision says, naturally. Um, and they have this whole philosophical debate that uh, basically proves that uh, he is neither vision, but also vision. And it kind of creates this whole philosophical conundrum for white vision um, and his task for killing vision. Um, Chris, uh, what did you think of the whole power dynamic and fight between these two visions throughout this episode? The physical fight bored me. I don't know. I, I, uh, you know, if you have two people of equal strengths fighting, it's not, um, super exciting to me. It's kind of like, I don't know, uh, the philosoph when things turned philosophical, I didn't stop thinking about this for like, uh, I still haven't stopped thinking about it. It's only been two days, but still, <laughs> um, the naturally response from white vision is hilarious. Cause of course he, they both know like everything. Um, <clears throat> and so for, for those who, haven't looked it up yet. The the ship of Theseus is an artifact in a museum, and over time, uh, it's a wooden ship. And when the planks of wood rot away, they're replaced with new planks. And so the question is, when all of the planks have rotted away and have been replaced with new planks, is it still the same ship? And uh, and so it, it's it's interesting to think about. It, and obviously, it's not something that we're going to be able to covered two minutes here but um yeah it it definitely uh i i like that part of vision um because that's like kind of what he started off as in age of ultron is like you know just really cerebral character and um when he does all the physical stuff that's that's where it's not as exciting to me but that that made me very happy yeah, that was, it was definitely one of my favorite, uh, more favorite parts of this episode. Um, anytime Vision starts getting philosophical or anything like that, I enjoyed it. Um, Eric, what about you? What did you think? Yeah, I was a, uh, I was a big fan. Um, I am of the belief that it is not the same ship, and yeah it's it's i th my biggest takeaway so this was also the last time we saw white vision this was his last scene um because mm -hmm. after the philosophical debate he basically is like die you got me and then he just flies up through the roof and then we never see him again <laughs> well it's worth noting hold on it's worth noting so they have their debate but then vision unlocks the memory data in white yes, vision's yes, head yes. that sword was keeping from yeah. him so yeah. I think he realizes that he is vision two, but then yeah, he leaves and then that's it. Yeah. We don't, we don't know anything. Like that was my biggest question after this episode. I was like, what is, is he flying away to kill himself because he's vision and his directive <laughs> was to kill vision. Are we going to see him again? Like it was completely unclear. And I was kind of surprised. Not many people were talking about that. Cause like I, I, I wanted to know if we we're going to see him again. Super weird. I mean, I think we for sure are going to are going to see him again. And and I was I was really I thought for sure that they were gonna merge somehow. So I, I, I was surprised yeah, that they did I was, that they didn't. But 
I was super duper surprised that that was um that was probably the biggest shock because I thought that that was just like oh this is totally gonna happen yeah. now they they're just setting this up yeah. it makes sense um but they totally kind of diverted expectations there. Um, just, I will just be happy if we get more Paul Bettany. Like I don't care what color his vision is. I just like him as an actor. So yeah, yeah. I like him a lot too. Um, and I will say just overall before we get into the overall series stuff. Um, I just love how much this made me really care about characters in the MCU. And I think a lot of people are saying that too. It just, you got to spend so much more intimate time with characters that you don't normally. And I, and I love that as- aspect of this show and, and hopefully the rest of the Marvel shows that come out. All right. Um, kind of getting into the climax of, of the main conflict here. So Wanda versus Agatha Harkness. And so obviously Agatha, her goal, you know, she, she absorbs power from people who she deems don't deserve it. Right. She wants to be a witch. That's all powerful. And and Wanda's the Scarlet witch. So she wants her power. And so I actually really liked how this part of the episode played out. Um, You know, Wanda, you know, she doesn't want to be the Scarlet, but she kept saying, like, I don't want to be who you say I am. And she doesn't want her power. She just wants to be able to live her life with vision and her kids and be happy. And so Wanda and Agatha are fighting and she's pretending she doesn't want her powers. And she keeps throwing like her, I call them magical red balls of, of magic at Agatha. And every Seems time accurate. she shoots her, her, yeah, <laughs> every time she shoots yeah, her magical red balls at her, anytime she uses magic against Agatha, you know, she starts aging like the witches did in, in the Salem, uh, Massachusetts scene. And she's basically like, you know, she's starting to wither away because Agatha is like absorbing her power. Right. And so there's several scenes where we, she, she's throwing these magic balls at her, but some of the time, sometimes the balls are hitting the walls of the hex. Um, and but a lot of times it's just hitting Agatha. Right. But then we realize at the conclusion of the battle that she's actually throwing them against the walls on purpose so that she can cast runes on all the sides of the hex so that she can disable Agatha from using her powers. Um, and, you know, it goes back to the line from the, the previous episode where it's runes in a given space. Only the witch who can cast them can use her magic. Um, and I thought that was actually a pretty creative way for her to kind of overcome Agatha and her powers. Um, and so from that perspective, just, just in the battle between those two, I thought that was, that was pretty cool. What did you, what did you guys think? Did you like that? Did you not like that? I agree. I thought it was super creative. I'm glad that it wasn't like kind of the classic, you can't handle all this power and now you're going to explode or something like that. Uh, I, I, cause they could have easily been that and they didn't do that. So I like that, but I, I mean, I can't not think about the fact that it's such a fucking stretch that Wanda, in a time of pure panic, memorized the exact two runes that she would have had to make to cast this spell. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I I know that's one of those things I got to just suspend disbelief. That's just that kind of shit happens. It wasn't super egregious, but I couldn't stop thinking about it. (laughs) Well, how about this? I mean, uh, Wanda's whole thing is that she casts spells, uh, you know, like subconsciously throughout this whole, uh, this whole series, like the whole, the whole thing is a spell that she didn't realize she was casting. So maybe just her desire to cast a specific spell because she's so much more powerful 
then Agnes was enough to cast those spells rather than her having to memorize a specific ruin or whatever. Uh, maybe, but I did feel like it was pretty implied that that was like a conscious intentional thing. And then I feel like at the, again, the, the uh, end credit scene that we already mentioned, it's like, you know, you see, she's brushing up on the, uh, right. the fundamentals yeah. there, but, yeah. uh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can I can hear what you're both saying for sure. Um, I don't know. To me, it like it didn't it didn't bother me enough to be like, wow, I, that's completely unrealistic. I guess I kind of was like, she's the Scarlet Witch, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I part of me that. like the yeah. the part that believed it, I was like, well, maybe she just has like this innate knowledge and just her knowing of the spell and how how it's supposed to function. Maybe she was able to do it, unlike Agatha, who would have to actually like learn, learn, learn to really truly master it. Right. Yeah. So here's a question. Do you guys feel like the Scarlet Witch is almost like a Dark Phoenix to Jean Grey type of thing where the Scarlet Witch is almost like a different consciousness, like a like an ancient kind of consciousness that lives within Wanda? Because I did. So go I... ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um so i i definitely relate the two in the scarlet witch and the dark phoenix in a lot of ways but instead of it being kind of a separate consciousness i just view it as more of like it's 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 she's still conscious and and, and kind of in control of it but it is like a, a latent power that exists within her that she doesn't fully understand um so i don't think that the scarlet witch like takes over her body kind of like the phoenix force does with uh with uh jean gray but I do, I, I mean, they're very similar, right? I think the concepts are very similar. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think her grief kind of almost made her evolve into, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it, it definitely does r remind me of Phoenix. And that's what I thought of throughout the last few episodes. Um, but, but yeah, I think she's more conscious than. Yeah, I just, well, I, Jean Grey is almost a slave to the Phoenix Force right. in some ways, right? But I, I don't think that's the case here. So I guess, I mean, maybe this is like a the this is a theory for like later what I think might happen. I just feel like the way that Elizabeth Olsen carries herself when she's full Scarlet Witch is so drastically different than the way like she looks like Regal almost. And I I feel like. I don't know. I feel like that's got to come with like some ancient knowledge or something. Maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I, I feel like yeah. it's such a drastic I mean, I, character shift. Like it's more than just the Scarlet Witch costume, which I don't know if we talked about yet is incredible. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say, let's, let's go right to that. So that was the next thing up in my kind of chronological series of notes here. Um, once Agatha Harkness is kind of, you know, uh, She's no longer in control. Wanda defeats her, you know, with her magic. We have this sequence where Wanda is absorbing all of her power kind of that she had thrown out. And so she's just surrounded by all this crazy red magical shit, right? Um, and in this sequence, we see her become the Scarlet Witch, um, very similar to the scene in the Hydra uh, facility that we saw earlier in the past episode. And so, like, her outfit, her hair, and her headpiece, you know, all these things appear and... Everything's different, but she looks so amazing and she looks so fucking badass. And you can kind of feel the power um, just in that whole scene. I thought that was that was probably the best part of this episode for me is kind of her kind of finally becoming the Scarlet Witch. She has the whole look. 
her accent's kind of there and her, her hair is all different. Um, I thought that whole scene was very well done. Agreed. I was a big fan. I am a huge fan of the, uh, of the, the Scarlet Witch costume suit, whatever you want to call it. Regalia. Yes. Regalia. (laughs) Um, you know, it, it could have easily looked really bad yeah. too. I thought they fucking nailed yeah, it. Yeah, I was shocked. Um, and yeah, I was I, wrong earlier in the season. I thought there was no way we were going to get the traditional headdress. And we, I mean, it wasn't as gigantic as it is in the comics sometimes, but it's, I mean, that counts in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I no, I mean, I'm, I'm like, you know how I feel about the whole headpiece thing. I've wanted that since day yeah. one. And I am so happy. I think it looks so good. They they made it not look silly. And I think what what really helps, Eric, and I don't know if you agree, but I think what really helps is that they took the time to explain why that has significance and why her powers are the way they are and, and why she is the Scarlet Witch. I feel like without that, I don't know if this would have you know sold as well as it does. I think that definitely gives it uh, more of an edge. Totally. Do you, I wonder if we're going to learn maybe in Doctor Strange or, or, you know, maybe never, but I would be curious to know if Sokovia in particular has a history of really powerful witches or something like that. I think that would be interesting to know. I, I do. I, you know, it's funny because in the Halloween episode, um, you know, she was dressed up as a Sokovian fortune yeah, teller. Yeah. That's... And so I'm wondering if that was truly what maybe the fortune tellers wore, because I think that really kind of goes back to some maybe witch lore. And yeah, you're right. Like Sokovia having some history here with with people with magical abilities because they're they were dressed up like the Scarlet Witch. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's definitely something that can be explored there. Um, before we move on though, Chris, what did you think of the whole reveal of the Scarlet Witch and kind of that transformation? I like that a lot. Um, I don't really have too much more to say than you guys did. Cause I agree with you pretty much with everything. I loved it. Eric loved it. Tom loved it. You know, who else loved it was Agnes. Who oh says, my gosh. Yeah. Hiya, hon. Say that's some kind of getup you're wearing. Did I leave the oven on, or is that just you, hot stuff? <laughs> One of my favorite Which, uh, lines of the whole, yeah, so <laughs> the whole good. series. So, so good. yeah, it's safe to say Agatha is now Agnes again, and she yeah. is basically, uh, by Wanda's decree, forced to stay in town and kind of under her spell um, uh, indefinitely until we learn otherwise. So I, I love that. I'm glad you said that quote, Chris. That was yeah. hilarious. Before um, she gets turned into Agnes, though, she is like pleading with Wanda and she says, you have no idea what you've unleashed. You're going to need me. And Wanda replies, if I do, I know where to find you. Boom. So she's coming back for sure. She's coming back for for sure. sure. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Thank you. So let's call it right now on the podcast. I want to hear a yes or no from you guys. Is Agatha Harkness in Dr. Strange 2? Yes. Chris, yes or no? I'm sorry. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Eric, you say yes as well? Yeah, for sure. I hope so. I, I agree with you guys. I want it to be yes. I want it to be yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, hey, you got a powerful witch just sitting around being a noisy, uh, a, no, a nosy neighbor in Westview. Uh, why not take advantage of it? Um, okay, so I think we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up just the actual episode part here. Um, the hex, uh, uh, Wanda decides to close up the hex, so it starts closing in on itself and, and, and begins to disappear, right? And I, you know, now that we're talking about it, Eric, we were both surprised that uh, the visions didn't really, uh, you know, join together. And I, and 
in context, I think this scene is maybe why. Maybe they wanted some closure yeah, there. Yeah, totally, uh, totally. Between the two. And so I'm just going to read kind of the final lines before the hex closes and Billy, Tommy, and Vision um, kind of disappear for, for the time being. So Vision says, Wanda, I know we can't stay like this, but before I go, I feel I must know what am I? To which she says, you, Vision, are the piece of the Mind Stone that lives inside me. You are a body of wires, blood, and bone that I created. You are my sadness and my hope, but mostly you are my love. And Vision replies, I have been a voice with no body, a body but not human, and now a memory made real. Who knows what I might be next? We have said goodbye before, so it stands to reason we'll say hello again. And it was just a really, that whole sequence, I think, between two, um, I think this has been one of my favorite parts of of the se- of the series is that in moments like this where it's very uh, emotional and just kind of talking between two people, I feel like that's where the writers really shine. Um, and I thought this was a really good ending for for Wanda and Vision in this series. What did you guys think? Um, I didn't dislike it, but to be honest, this scene didn't make much of an impact on me. Just because I was like, oh, man, I was just like, I mean, this fake ass Vision. Who cares? Like, real Vision's back. He got his memories. They clearly are gonna meet up at some point. So whatever. The kids are like, it's unclear if they're real or not, but either way, who fucking cares? Like, we really don't know them that much yet at all. So it's, I don't know. I mean, it was fine. It was, I made that sound more negative than I feel about it. Like, it didn't turn me off or anything. I just, like, until you reminded me that scene happened, I kind of forgot about it. (laughs) Damn. This shit made me cry, man. Wow. Yeah, um, so... Uh, yeah, this, uh, and this may get, uh, more, uh, not negative, but like somber than we, you want to include in the podcast, but, uh, like this scene, uh, for those who don't know, I lost my dog over in the past year. This scene brought me right back to that moment of like having to say goodbye to him. And it was like, the 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 grief that i felt it was like it was so real um most i mean and this is has happened in this series with me before where i felt the same thing when she saw uh vision and she said that she couldn't feel him anymore but like yes having to having to say goodbye to someone that you loved um yeah it it really connected with me and uh uh, yeah, I felt it big time. I and it wasn't like a a negative thing, and it wasn't like you know I, I was reliving anything or anything like that. But it just was like such a familiar feeling. Um, and and yeah, I I cried at this part too. Yeah, it was it was impactful to me big time, big time. I guess I, yeah. I mean I totally can can see that. I guess for me the reason why it wasn't as impactful for me is because, like, in my mind, they're not saying goodbye at all. <laughs> they're one billion percent gonna end up together immediately in, in the context of the uh, of the MCU. And I just kept thinking about yeah. about that. But but I totally... I, to, I mean, I probably should have just uh, stayed more connected to that scene rather than thinking... Yeah, that. I, yeah I guess no. the, just the unknown of what's going to happen with, with this new vision in the future. I guess the way I see vision and the white vision is like, 
two separate people with the same memories almost. And so um, I want them to be together again in the future, but it's like, who knows? Will that happen? I don't know. You know. And will he be exactly the same? It's like it's the, yeah, it's a ship it's, of Theseus. That's what it is. Right. It's a ship of Theseus. Yeah. Because like yeah, I mean, yeah. It. I think even though he's Vision again and may have the same memories, I don't know that it'll necessarily be the same. Um, and they're not yeah. his memories, right? Right. In, you know, in in that sense. Um, but but yeah, they are knows? literally his memories, though. What do you mean? That was the vision that had those memories in the first place. You know what I'm saying? I kind of take it as it's it's his body without his mind. The mind stone's not there. But then vision unlocked know? it and put it back. A, a fake vision, color vision, whatever. Green vision is like unlocked that. Like, I feel like... I mean, all a person is, is their memories, I feel like. And so it's like once that was done, it's like, yeah, it's that's Vision. Maybe he's like a little confused for the next couple of days. But I've, I feel like it's there's the, it's no... It's the ship of Theseus. Yeah. It's all over it's, again. But, but yeah, they didn't put new parts in him. They took the same parts and took them apart and put them back together. They're not replacing planks of wood. I mean, but wood is, I mean, wood is made up of the same thing. Like, wood is wood, so it's just, like, new wood. They definitely had you to know, put new parts in Vision to make yeah. him function again. But not... He's been... But not his mind. You know, his though. mind and his memory, right? He, the Mind Stone's not there anymore. But his memories are. I don't think the Mind Stone matters. Like, your memories are, like, your life. Literally everything that's ever happened to you, that's what shapes an individual so i feel like once green vision just was like hey remember all this shit i feel like done deal i think there's no way white vision is any different from normal vision the next time we see him that's my prediction interesting very interesting i love philosophical debates <laughs> the ship of theses no i, I honestly i genuinely mean yeah, it. No, like it's, just, it's a really interesting concept and it and it makes you question things and and there's not a right or wrong answer right you right know? it's it's all about perspective and um, the other the other side of that whole ship of theseus thing is like yeah is the new ship still the ship of theseus and eric you say no it's a it's a new ship because it's made of all new parts right. and then it's like all right but then our is this pile of rotten wood on the ground is that the ship of theseus and i would or, say are they also both? no i would say neither so yeah, right. there's there's neither. There's the people who say you know both are the true ship, and that's what he says. Um, neither is the true ship. Both are the true yeah. ship. Yeah. Um, right. So yeah, it's definitely uh, super interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, and then you know the last scene we see Wanda walk through town, which was super fucking awkward because everyone's like, you know what, you just tortured me for like a month or some shit. Um. And she basically talks to Monica very briefly and, and Monica empathizes with her situation and her power. And, you know, she's like, if I had your power, I'd bring my mom back. Um, and the last thing we hear from Wanda is I don't understand this power, but I will. And it's at that point that she puts on this dope hood that I didn't even realize she had. <laughs> um, and she flies, she flies out of Westview. And, and that's the last we see her before the credits roll. Once again, uh, just I'm a little disappointed with uh, the screen time for Monica in this episode, uh, though I know they had a lot to cram in. I just for some reason was expecting more. That's that's just me. 
Yeah, agreed. I feel like they in in the beginning, not even in the beginning, when Monica was introduced, um it seemed like she was really a big part of the show and the last two or three episodes, it seemed like they remembered Oh no, we're just introducing her to be in a movie. She's actually not a big part of this show. And I wish right. they would have continued on the way they made it feel in the beginning, where she was a big part of the show. It did make me excited though for her. Yes. It's true. And we will talk uh... and we will talk about that in a little bit. Um because I want to do a takeaway section after after we're all done with this episode. Um but yeah, let's let's jump over to the there's two after credit scenes in this episode. Um, let's go to the first one. Um, basically, Jimmy Woo is heading up kind of the triage triage efforts, we'll call them, in Westview, um, is, and is reunited with Monica for the first time, <laughs> to which she says that, I think, what is it, leadership looks good on you or something like that. Um, we see uh, Director Hayward being arrested, which is good because fuck that guy. Um, but the, the main piece here, an FBI agent, a female FBI agent, approaches uh, Monica and says, Captain Rambo, they're asking for you in the theater. Um, and they walk in this movie theater and no one's in there. And I was like, okay. Um, and so the agent says, I was sent by an old friend of your mother's. And then she instantly turns into a scroll. So she's a scroll all along. Uh, and she says, he heard you've been grounded and he'd like to meet with you. And Monica asks where, and she just points upward. Uh, so I think we're safe to assume then that, uh, that's Nick Fury she's talking about. And we'll possibly see Monica show up in the Secret Invasion series, question mark. Yeah. That was what I took away from Is that. Is that series coming out before Captain Marvel 2? Uh, that's a good question. Let's see. Secret Invasion MCU series. But yeah, I mean, is that what you guys took away from yeah. that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was, yeah, that wasn't too much of a head scratcher. Yeah. All right. So Captain Marvel 2 is supposed to come out November next year, 2022. And the Secret Invasion series, let's see. I don't know if there's a date. There's no date. Da, da, da. Six episodes. Production is supposed to start filming in April. So it probably will. Um, yeah. It'll probably come out maybe spring, summer next year. So probably before Captain Marvel, especially Shit, since these okay. movies keep being delayed. Um, and so obviously last we saw Nick Fury, you know, he wasn't actually in Spider-Man Far From Home. Those were the Skrulls. And he's just chilling up in some space ship or space base with all the Skrulls. So um, it seems like that'll be the next time we see her. So it was kind of cool to see the Skrulls again. Um, not a crazy after credit scene, but... Pretty cool, I'd say. Do you guys think that that means that even though Hayward thought he was the director of S.W.O.R.D., that maybe Nick Fury is actually the director of S.W.O.R.D. currently? Yeah, the whole S.W.O.R.D. thing is kind of weird for me. It's like, what's going to happen there? Yeah, What is their relationship to S.H.I.E.L.D. is what I want to know. Yeah. I think I would rather see Nick Fury in charge. I love Nick Fury. Um, But yeah, no, that... There's a lot of big questions there. Will S.W.O.R.D. exist again? Maybe it will in Secret Invasion. Who knows? Um, but Hayward was able to fuck a lot of shit up in a small lot of time, so he obviously has some carte blanche, you know? Yeah. All right. Um, the second after credit scene was the one I was more interested in, even though I think it's a little bit simpler. Um, we, we zoom in 
very slowly, there, we see a mountain range, and then we see Wanda sitting on the front porch of a small, small cabin in the middle of the mountains, uh, which may be uh, Mount uh, Mount Wandagore, which is in, in the Marvel comics. It's like a very magical, you know, set of mountains where a lot of, sh- a lot of shit happens, um, but they don't really say. Um, she's making tea in the cabin. She's kind of doing normal stuff, but then it goes to uh, a bedroom in the cabin, and she is in her astral form, still dressed up as the Scarlet Witch, you know, that as we last saw saw her, and she's reading the Dark Hold and performing spells. Um, and as as she does that, we hear in the background uh, pleading for help from Billy and Tommy, her kids that no longer exist. Um, so, big huge question mark, multiverse stuff question mark, you know, like what's going on there. Um, but super cool seeing Wanda get more into the magical side of things. And it's worth noting that Dr. Strange music was playing in the background. Oh, I didn't catch that. Oh, man, I didn't catch that either. I was like too busy being jealous at that awesome cabin that I want to live in. <laughs> Eric, uh, I want to hear what were your thoughts after seeing this scene? Um, I liked it. I was... Uh... I mean, I, I like the idea that Wanda's about to be the new most powerful Avenger, which, uh, which I don't know. And, and her morality is ambiguous. Like I, I like that a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So the fact that she is like, be, you know, learning more, like how to become more godlike, I guess, um, is cool to me. The Billy and Tommy stuff, I mean, it's kind of similar before. I just don't really care yet. Those kids are nothing. Like, they're not... They don't really have characters. I literally don't even know the difference between them. So it's like... (laughs) I'm the same way. (laughs) So it's like, cool, yeah, I guess she's gonna go save her kids that are maybe real, maybe not. But who cares? I mean, I don't know. So I guess I thought you might like that because I, I to me, that's like that's multiverse right there. Like maybe they, See, they exist I don't in think another, you know, that didn't strike me as multiverse at all. Very interesting. I, I'm so this this whole series uh, makes me so excited for Doctor Strange. Yes. Too. It's not even funny. Yes. Um, and Eric, everything you just said, I completely agree with. Like she is now my favorite. She's now the most powerful. And I love that. It's not so black and white. Yeah. Like that's, I'm all about that shit. So, yeah. I do think, like, uh, dude, there's just, there's gotta be consequence. Like, she committed basically a month long terrorist attack against an entire town. Like, that cannot go unpunished it can't, it fucking can't so and there's uh, no way it can go unnoticed yeah either. yeah so i'll be i wonder how much they will address it in doctor strange yeah that'll be really interesting i don't think they'll pay too much attention to it but who knows um i'm i'm really excited to find out though yeah um so we'll see chris what do you what did you think of the after credit scene here besides uh the scenery um yeah no i i uh it made me super excited for for dr strange like you guys i mean i loved the first dr strange which i i probably loved it more than the two of you i don't remember what you yeah i'm not a super big fan of it even though i do love the character yeah i loved it and and i've been wait so i've been waiting for for the second one to come out uh for that reason and then this is just like there 
part of me in my mind has been treating this entire series like a long not trailer but like prequel to that um and it's just oh man i cannot wait for it like all the all the stuff that's coming out in all the news and you know like all the different spider-mans may be involved and all this stuff and i just man it cannot get here soon enough i'd pay like three hundred dollars to watch it on wow. my home tv tomorrow don't oh my gosh I'm, I'm i'm gonna bleep that so kevin feige doesn't know how much he could sell this movie for whoa whoa, whoa. i said tomorrow kevin feige our, is not gonna uh, deliver it to my house all right, tomorrow all right fair if our he lord, does though our, shoot i will our lord and savior <laughs> is capable of many great things um i will say one of the things that i didn't like about the first doctor strange is i feel like they weren't leaning into the magic aspect enough Whereas this show is like leaning into it a lot yeah. and making it more of magic and less of like a science kind of thing. And I really hope that that bleeds into the next Doctor Strange film because I thought that how they handled Doctor Strange in Infinity War um, was awesome. It felt yeah. more mystical and like you don't have to explain it all. Just like show us cool shit and do cool shit. Um, and so I'm really excited for this next one because I think he's a cool character. All right, let's let's jump into just some key takeaways I had written down. Maybe we can just comment on them as we go through them. I think we kind of hit a few of these, like, where is Vision? When are we going to see him next? Totally unclear. Um, they definitely left that wide open, which kind of threw me for a loop. Um, but who knows when we'll see him again? You know, like, what what show, what movie makes the most sense for Vision to actually show up again if we're not getting an Avengers movie anytime soon? Any guesses, guys? I don't think it's going to be Doctor Strange 2. Agreed. Okay, yeah, here's agreed. my guess. Uh armor wars Ooh, interesting interesting vision and don Cheadle. i love it yeah i love it um so i wrote down no mutants no mephisto no multiverse so i know a lot of people were looking forward to a lot of this stuff but uh have to temper their expectations maybe for the next few series because lots of fan theories are coming out um looking forward to mutants hopefully some more mephisto at some point we'd like to see him show up um, I think we might see all three of these things in the next two years, and and I hope that's the case because that would be super, super cool. Um, I wrote down, Monica didn't get much of a moment to shine in this episode. Will we see her in Captain Marvel 2 or Secret Invasion next? Will Monica have any role with S.W.O.R.D. moving forward? Um, I would hope that she'd be in charge or something, but I don't know if yeah. she can really be in charge and be a superhero at the same time, you know? I mean, they they make shit like that work in the comics. I feel like... Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind it. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 I think we got the answer, though. Hopefully, uh, hopefully she gets a bigger role, maybe in Secret Invasion. Um, but I'd like yeah. to see her in both of them for sure. It seems like yeah. it would make sense. You know, Captain Marvel was name dropped and lots of audio parts from Captain Marvel were in this series. And it seems like there's maybe some uh, some conflict there. And so I, I would love to see that play out in, in the next Captain Marvel movie. Definitely. All right, Wanda's now the Scarlet Witch. We all know that, and she has power capable, uh, you know, stronger than Doctor Strange. So it'll be really interesting to see that dynamic in Doctor Strange 2. Um, maybe we'll see Agatha Harkness uh, return. You know, she's stuck in Westview now, but if Wanda needs her, she knows where to find her. So I think we're all on the same page there. Uh, we think Agatha Harkness will show up in Doctor Strange 2. I sure hope so. I want to see more of her. I thought she was great, and I think we we are all in agreement on that one. Um, you, know, you know what I just realized? 
Did Agatha ever reveal her motivation for wanting all this power? What was she going to do with it? Seems like she's just power power, hungry. Yeah, Yeah. you can just do anything, right? I think it would be so funny if they use that as a retcon to really make her the good guy, where like she was going to use this power to do something like really good for the world or something. Hmm. (laughs) And she She saw this evil Scarlet Witch. Yeah, no, I mean, that would be, like, super interesting. And and Agatha did seem interested in bringing back people from the dead. That's, no, um, that's right. You're right, you're right. It was that, it was that. And so, who did she want to bring back? You know, yeah. it's a big question, so who knows? Um, Eric, question for you. Will we see a return for Billy and Tommy? Will they become real people in the universe? Do you think so? Yeah, yeah. I No, I think they will. I just think they need to be, I mean, I think they need to have actors that are real people and not, tiny people and um yes and uh yeah fuck the kids they need to they just need to be better characters and like i didn't just it sounds like i dislike them i didn't they're just nothing they have no character to them yet at all um but i hope they do i mean i think they could be really cool new characters so i so yeah I, i mean i think they're gonna be back and i would like to see them back i'm looking forward to it uh, but I just, you know, I hope to see them back with like a real, real character development to go with them. But I'm it, sure, I'm confident that that is what's going to happen. So it definitely seems like they're setting up the Young Avengers, right? All those yeah, key players yeah. are getting shows or movies. So um, to me, I feel like they'll show up, but who knows when, you know, yep. um, but we'll see. Uh, my last two questions. Who was the missing person that Jimmy Woo was was trying to contact? And what happened to the beekeeper? We just never saw that guy ever again, man. He's, just, <laughs> he's either dead or stuck somewhere. I don't know. Um, just a couple of questions that that we never quite got answered, but um, I'm not, I don't think it's really anything super significant. All right. Um, last thoughts before we go and rate each episode here, guys. Uh, well, I think, yeah, I think the beekeeper is just you probably quit his job and it's just like, fuck this This job. Stinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I don't know. I am intrigued about the missing person. I, I do hope that crazy fan theory is correct, but I do not think it is, but, uh, would no, be cool. Yeah, I don't think so either. It's, it's, it's it'd like, be fun, but yeah, they, they leave all these, you know, these strings open so that they can tie them later if yeah, they want totally. to. And then everyone will be like, Oh my God, that's crazy. But we also forget about all the strings. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's just the case with that. Yeah. All righty. Um, we're going to go through it. And what I'd like us to do is I'd like us to rate this episode out of six whole infinity stones um, as we do on the infinity watch podcast, but we're going to do something different. We're going to also rate the entire series oh, of WandaVision. God out of six whole infinity stones oh uh, wait the entire series like as a whole or i have to go through and rate no as, as, a, whole, as, a, whole, as a whole as a whole oh thank god okay. <laughs> all right i i'm the only one that went through all that work but um that's totally fine so chris let's start off with you um what would you rate episode nine of wandavision out of six infinity stones i'm gonna give it a f- uh, i'm like in between <laughs> So, like, the last episode to me was all six Infinity Stones and the Gauntlet. Like, it was everything I wanted yes. it to be. Yeah. So, uh-huh. And, 
and this wasn't this was still really good but it wasn't as good as that um okay. so f- f- five six what? without the gauntlet i don't know <laughs> i guess if, if that's allowed what 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 would you like to give it five or six I'll give it a six. Wow. Chris is giving Chris is giving this episode a six infinity stone. Yeah, All right. and I don't like giving things six. Twice <laughs> All right. in a row. Yeah. All right, Eric, I'm gonna bridge I'm gonna bridge the two of us. I'll go next okay. and I'll leave you for last here. Um to give us the last rating. Oh, Chris. Uh oh no, we'll do series after this. Sorry. Um okay. I'm gonna give this episode a four out of wow. six infinity stones. Um I, you know, I wrote this down and, and you might think it's a crazy comparison, but I, for me personally, I think it makes sense. I felt the same way in this episode as I did watching the final episode of True Detective in that, like, I really loved the whole show and I loved like all the questions it created, but conclusions are always a little boring to me in a way. Like, I thought this episode was really good and and I enjoyed it. But like comparing it to the last episode that like I'm with Chris, like full gauntlet, give me all the stones, you know, like it was great. Um this episode just wasn't quite there. Uh, uh, for me, I, I, the Monica stuff, the Darcy stuff, you know, it just, I wanted more, I wanted to, I wanted some more, you know, conclusion or idea of what's happening with vision. You know, the white vision just like flew up and it's like, okay, you know, (laughs) I'm out of here, you know, and it's like, I'm gone. Um, and so that was kind of weird. Um, but obviously like so many other great elements, the last scene with, with Wanda and vision phenomenal. Um, the outfit and and her becoming Scarlet Witch, phenomenal. I thought the battle with her and Agatha, phenomenal. Like, how they were able to conclude that, I really enjoyed it. Um, Super, super solid four for this episode. Um, It was was a really good episode, for sure. Wow, I can't believe that I rated something higher than Tom. Like, this is... (laughs) Right. Never happened. Never happened. That's right. That's why I wanted to go right after you. Because I was like, damn, a six? Wow. Definitely not a six for me, but I still thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. Um, okay. Eric, over to you. Uh, I'm also going to give this episode a four. I, again, I mean, so I agree with you guys. I, for me, last episode was the best episode of the season. No question. Mm-hmm. I Absolutely fucking agree. loved mm-hmm. it. Um, and yeah, this episode, it's just, it's really tough to follow that. I think. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's really what it is, right? Yeah. It was so yeah. good. Yeah, it was so yeah. so good. Um I think that with the combination of like I thought the Wizard of Oz thing was corny. We didn't talk about it, but there was this line from Detective Hayward, something along the lines of like if only you had a little more vision. And it was delivered <laughs> almost just like that in like the worst yeah. way humanly fucking possible that made me want to chuck my controller through my screen um <laughs> and then uh there's oh and yeah and, and the ralph boner thing did like i know it's silly it's all entertainment but it did feel disrespectful to like yeah i agree it's like agree. what yeah. you can just imagine a writer like <laughs> these fucking nerds <laughs> like i can't imagine a bunch of boners. <laughs> i can't believe that made it through to the end there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I feel like they didn't really know how to wrap that that thread up a little bit that was my takeaway at least damn it but... I'm, I'm changing it to five i'm changing it you're pulling an erica yeah. post rating rating <laughs> yeah 
Because, like, All right. if last episode was a six, this, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, I'm changing it to a five. Still, I still thought it was better than you guys. Yeah, did. no, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I really I enjoyed mean, yeah, it. I, sure. I, I did. I liked it a lot, too. I did like it a lot. But it, in my scale of, of one to six, this is a, a solid good. Not quite great. Yeah. Yep. All right, so I guess in this in the spirit of changing scores, let's go over our overall rating, and I'll go through mine first. Okay. Um, I watched every episode again, and I I rated I only changed two ratings out of the whole thing. Wow. So okay. I changed episode one. So episode one and two, I I think I had originally given sixes. I changed episode one to a four, and episode two to a five. Um, episode okay. one, I I I will say I still thoroughly enjoyed all of them a lot. Um. Episode one, I thought was really good and stood on its own. And I was intrigued in the story of, you know, the whole 1950s sitcom. Um, but yeah, it was just like a solid good. Episode two, I thought gave it a little more of an edge because we saw the beekeeper scene and like, you know, the glitching of the screen when, you know, Wanda changes the episode. And that was like really awesome to me. So I really enjoyed that. But overall, I gave three episodes a six out of nine. Um, so a third of them. And so the first one being... Episode four, which was the intro to Sword and uh, witnessing, uh, you know, the introduction to, to Monica and everyone re-blipping back into society. I thought that that episode was really awesome. And it was like the first time that Scratch really got itched uh, for the MCU and, and you know, the post-Infinity Saga uh, type stuff. I, I really love that. The second one I gave a six was the Halloween episode uh, with Vision <laughs> trying to leave the Hex uh, you see a lot of Quicksilver stuff, and you see Agatha kind of tricking Vision at the corner. I really enjoyed that one as well. And then obviously the last episode. Those are the three that I was like, wow, these are all amazing. And I was like just on a high the whole time. Um, but yeah, if you if you average all of my ratings out, it comes to a perfect five, which is fitting. I think this this series overall for me, five out of six Infinity Stones, I thought it was great. Um, I loved it. The entire journey was fun, you know, hearing everyone's theories and experiencing week to week. I was always looking forward to it. And there was never a time where I was like, Oh, I'll watch that a little bit later. I was always really excited on a Friday to watch this. Um, so overall series, WandaVision five out of six infinity stones. I thought it was great. Chris, we'll, uh, we'll do you next. Lucky me. Um, okay. Uh, so I think I gave episode three or four when I came on the podcast after that one. I still think Tommy are batshit crazy thinking that episode six was a six. Because I think I gave that a two or a three. I can't remember. It was low, though. <laughs> um, different strokes then, for different folks. Yeah. Uh, and then this uh, final episode, I gave a five, which if you average those together. See, I didn't. I really didn't like the Halloween episode. I, I think that might be my least favorite since episode one or two. I don't know. Um I'm going to give the entire series, I'll give it a four. Um, and that's in my rating scale. That's like pretty good. Like I, uh, really good. I would say, I think, um, even though Tom, you said you don't like, <clears throat> like conclusions, uh, after I saw Endgame, I'm glad that we don't live in this world, but if there was a world in which there were no more Marvel movies, I could, I would have been satisfied after Endgame. That's a really um, good point. I 100% agree. And uh, and then we've had we've had movies since then that I've enjoyed, but it hasn't really like sparked the excitement for upcoming movies like this series has for me. Um, yeah. 
I am like so looking forward to all the things that are coming out in the next 24 months, assuming things don't get pushed back, which they probably will. But uh, the things that, yeah, the things that kind of uh, ruined it for me, uh, or didn't ruin it, uh, that knocked it down, I thought Hayward was just like a meh, sucky, like bad guy character. Very Um, (laughs) one-dimensional. Yeah, it was like he's bad from the beginning, and you could tell he was bad from the beginning. It's just like, I don't know, he was defeated by getting T-boned in a by a, some sort of food truck. I don't know. It was just like <laughs> really, uh, I don't know, meh. Um, that's fair. Yeah. And then the whole Ralph Boner thing, not the, not the end of, it. I mean the, the end of it, I agree with Eric is kind of a slap in the face, but like it, that whole character just seemed like, I don't know. I just never really got excited about it. Um, and, but yeah, other than that, I thought it was really good. I thought, that it really, uh, for me, and I know for my wife Kate too, who was on the podcast last week, uh, it really explored grief in a way that um, that maybe none of the movies have so far, with the exception of Endgame. Um, and this was much more pers- uh, much more personal level because it wasn't everybody experiencing it. It was just like one person's experience of it. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was really good overall, and it has me really excited for this stuff to come. Absolutely. All right, Eric, over to you, my friend. What would you give the whole series? I would give the whole series also a four out of six, I think. Um. Man, if not for those first three or four episodes, it would be an easy <laughs> five, but I cannot get over it. It's just not my thing. Uh, but what I I loved the uh, the last handful of episodes, say the last half. And yes, for similar reasons, I feel like I'm super Wanda's easily one of my favorite characters now in the Marvel Universe. Which, like, I mean, no offense or anything to any big Wanda fans before this, but, like, she wasn't even on my radar before this show for, like, favorite characters. And now she's easily top three. And uh, and, and I, I think that's awesome. It also has me super excited for uh, the, the future of this storyline. It gives me a ridiculous ridiculous amount of faith in all of these marvel shows i mean the level of quality i just because i didn't necessarily enjoy the aesthetic for the first couple episodes doesn't mean it still wasn't obvious that those were extremely high quality um and it's like yeah it gives me a lot of it gives me a lot of hope for all of the marvel series i'm I mean, I'm sure eventually we're going to get a dud or two here or there, but I'm I'm extremely confident that we are in for, like, for Marvel and Star Wars fans, it's probably going to be an exceptional next few years for entertainment, would be my guess, based on this show. I think it's spot on, my friend, spot on. Um, yeah, I, I mean, just maybe to wrap up the whole series, I, I think... Despite, you know, like, you know, Eric didn't like the first beginning episodes, you know, and I think a lot of people are on the same page. I think what this series was able to set up 
and explain and also kind of resolve as well between Wanda and Vision, uh, it's it's skyrocketed those characters and and how interesting they are and and you know it it's it's done a lot of cool things for the MCU that I wasn't quite expecting. I thought it'd be a little more self-contained, um, but you know like between Monica and her powers now, it is there's a lot of cool stuff that's happening, um, and I'm really looking forward to it. So overall, I think I think we all kind of come away from this series with. Uh, more excitement than we had going into it for sure. Yeah, and yeah. it's, it's, it's done what they've wanted it to do. Like we are more excited for the MCU now, much more so than before this started, where I think we were all kind of, uh, going through a process of, you know, uh, letting that superhero fatigue go. And I wasn't sure if I was super ready to like jump into this again. And it really just got me going on Marvel and the MCU again, it, it reignited that interest. And so, uh, I'm really looking forward to what comes next. Definitely, yeah. It shows what you could do with four and a half hours instead of just like a two and a half hour movie in, in terms of setting up the future. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, just having having the episodic format, I think, really helps in, in that situation. Um, and, it, and it makes that time uh, much longer than it would be in, in a film sense. I agree, Chris. All right, um, let's move on to recommendations. Chris, what do you got for us this week? Yeah, so this week is the finale of that show, The Investigation, on HBO. Um, it is a Danish show uh, about a murder. Uh, this guy who made a homemade submarine, um, this journalist, came onto the submarine to write a story about it, and then she disappeared. Uh, that's all I will say. It's a true story. This happened in 2017, I believe. And... Uh, I hate that I haven't been able to binge watch it because it's like every Monday I'm like I have like a timer on my phone for when I can log in and watch um, on HBO. Uh, but I already talked about that. So the other thing that I was going to recommend uh, is kind of way different. Um, it's a book that I uh, read in the past year. Um, I live out in Colorado and uh, I don't have too many irrational fears. Um but one of my irrational fears, uh, because they do live out here and, and um, occasionally come into the neighborhoods, uh, is is meeting a mountain lion <laughs> while I'm trail running, either in the morning or at dusk. Um, and so I picked up this book called Path of the Puma, and it's a nonfiction book. Uh, I don't know. It looks like it's about 200 pages. And it's all about mountain lions and kind of how they have – evolved to be um so widespread throughout north and south america it's really informative about them and uh you know it's just like like most irrational fears when you learn about something you learn the truth about them you realize it's not something you really need to be worried about um and that seems to be the case with uh mountain lions or pumas as they're also called uh so i really enjoyed that book and uh kind of helped quell some of my fears in that aspect so there you go Awesome. Yeah, I, lo I love uh, Yeah, it. I love that. All right. Um <laughs> I don't know why I just thought I was like, wow, I wasn't expecting that, but it was really cool to listen to. You know. <laughs> I was like, like Chris is gonna come at us with some mountain lion books. Uh, <laughs> I fucking love it. But no, I had to say I don't I don't mean that in a negative way. I was like super cool. Um all right, Eric, what do you got for us this week? All right, so I have been I'm always on a Star Wars kick, but I have been like overdrive into star wars shit the past the past few weeks 
And so I just finished up. The, the main thing I want to recommend is the series on Disney Plus, Star Wars Rebels. I just finished it a couple days ago. I've been watching it for, I've been watching this one slowly, like over the past couple of months. Um, it's a super easy watch. They're like 20, 25 minute episodes, but the best arcs, which is like a fair amount of the first three seasons and basically the entire fourth season are like phenomenal. Some of the best Star Wars stories out there. And the reason why I'm recommending it though is because I hate to say it, but it feels like it's pretty much going to be required watching if you want to know what's going on in the upcoming live action series. Uh, because it sure looks like all the live action series are basically just going to be sequels to Rebels. Uh, the Ahsoka series where she's hunting down Thrawn that, uh, that she alluded to in The Mandalorian. That's a direct sequel to Rebels. Um, oh fuck there were a few more that i that i cannot think of that uh i i i was reading this something online and they were basically like yeah this is there was a rumor that there was going to be a like a star wars rebels 2 but it seems pretty clear that that turned into these live action series because it's featuring basically all the characters from rebels oh yeah this is the rumor is that the show I forget what it's even called Rangers or something that was going to star Cara Dune. The rumor is they're basically going to just swap out that character for a character from Star Wars Rebels, uh Harris and who is the biggest badass and I would absolutely love that. Um but yeah, Star Wars Re- Rebels, it's 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 genuinely really fucking good, but as important or maybe more importantly uh, you're probably going to need to know what happened in Star Wars Rebels to keep up with a lot of the series going forward. Because Dave Filoni, the guy who uh, show ran Star Wars Rebels, has his hands in all of these upcoming series. So they're all going to be interconnected for sure. Um, so so that's, that's my main recommendation. I also wanted to say, though, I have finally, I'm about halfway through that High Republic novel that takes place like a thousand years before uh, the Skywalker shit. It is ridiculously good. Um, so that will be a recommendation at a later time, maybe next week. But yes. So Eric, I have a question for you on your recommendation. Yes. Should someone watch Clone Wars before Rebels? Does it matter? I did not watch, watch Clone Wars. I still have not watched okay. Clone Wars because... I've I've seen like three or four seasons of Clone Wars and the thing with Clone Wars is the highs are really high and the lows are in the fucking gutter. And uh I could okay. not like there were some arcs in Clone Wars that truly was just some of the worst shit I've ever seen in my life. Um happy to report there was nothing like that in Rebels. The lowest the lowest tier of rebels was very high quality still um interesting and that's on disney plus yes yes disney plus it's just like you they do a really good job at fleshing out the main characters and um like their relationship like it feels real it feels much realer than any of the relationships did in in the clone wars i guess 
with the exception of maybe Anakin and Ahsoka. That that one was done super well. But uh, I, I, it sounds like I'm being super hard on Clone Wars. I'm not. But like, you, if you've seen Clone Wars, you know what I mean. Like, there are like three or four episode arcs where fucking nothing exciting happens, and it is uh, it's brutal. But it's not like that. It's not like that with Rebels. Damn, I'll have to check that out then, because I I've never watched either of them, obviously. But uh, if if what if what you're saying is true, I probably want to know. You know, as a, a comic book nerd, I like knowing the basic gist of totally. the stories before I see them. You totally. Know? You also get more context on the dark saber in in Rebels. You get context on Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, a lot of stuff that's already come up in the Mandalorian. So, so yeah, yeah, I, I super recommend that. that's it. It's definitely been one of those things with me watching The Mandalorian where I think I feel what it must feel like as like a non-comic person to watch Marvel movies where it's like, <laughs> yeah, OK, like that they're throwing something out there, but like it has no significance right, to right. me. So I'm kind of just like, <laughs> all right, I'm sure that's something, you know, I hope it's cool, you know, but I yeah, I guess I'll have to check that out. That's yeah, cool. totally. All right. Um, two things for me really quick. One is not really my recommendation, but just something that's worth pointing out is there is the Marvel studios legends series on Disney plus. They just released a, uh, uh, two more episodes, one for Falcon, one for the winter soldier. These are basically like seven, eight minute episodes that kind of shows you uh, a revisitation of those characters in the MCU. If you want to not watch, you know, winter soldier and then, uh, Civil War over again to kind of get the background on these characters. You can spend 15 minutes and watch uh, a quick episode on Disney Plus for both Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So just pointing that out uh, if you're interested in that kind of thing. Um, my recommendation this week is super nerdy. Um, they released a new omnibus, Marvel did, that's called The Official Handbook of the Marvel Universe. Oh. Um, and so this is the nerdiest thing I've ever owned. Um, basically in the eighties, Marvel released, uh, 20 comic books that contained basically, it's like a dictionary of all the characters in the Marvel universe. And so alphabetical A to Z, you can look up any character and get all this information and background and like a drawing of the character. This book I bought is almost 1400 pages <laughs> and it is the coolest thing ever. I'm like such a nerd about this. Um, it's this huge ass book and it's just really cool to have this physical book where it's like, Oh, I want to read about like Mephisto and like, what's he all about? And it just has all this cool information. And they just released that uh, about a week or so ago that, and it's a book that could literally kill somebody if you hit them too hard with it. So there's the other <laughs> bonus there, but yeah, just really cool to see all the details on all the characters. And it just, I don't know. I'm a big sucker for just having yeah, you know, a a book with all this information in it that I can look into that you're not like reading like an actual book. It's kind of a reference, which is which is fun. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, the the official handbook of the Marvel universe. You're gonna have to text me a photo of this 1,400 page <laughs> book that you just bought. Gigantic. It, yeah, that's it awesome. Ginormous. Gigantic. Um. Okay. So uh, <laughs> we'll wrap up this episode. Um. I will point out we did we did have one fan uh, one fan reach out to us about the episode last week, oh. and I want to point out uh, one of the comments that we got uh, from Clay Scarface. He tweeted at us, and and credit where credit is due, he said Kate's analysis of Wanda's grief, love, and power absolutely blew my mind. Um, also, Loki releases on June 11th, so it comes out after Bad Batch concludes. So they're not overlapping at all. But I really wanted to point out that uh, I thought in our conversation last week with our guest Kate. Uh, she kind of 
you know, gave an overview of, of that whole grief love situation that, that Wanda was going through in that episode. Um, and, and I thought it was really good as well. So credit where credit's due, really awesome comments from Kate last episode and, and some of the fans noticed that as well. Um, I, I really enjoyed our conversation last episode because I think we all agreed how much we loved it. And that really, uh, yeah. it really brought that episode home for sure. Um, but I'm glad we're able to all kind of discuss WandaVision as a whole. And it, it seems like we're all mostly on the same page with how we felt yeah. about it, which is awesome because there's definitely been some ups and downs throughout the series. So as we move forward, uh, Falcon and the Winter, Winter Soldier is up next. Um, so we'll be discussing that next week. Um, if you want to reach out to us, comments, questions, anything, uh, you can email us at the Infinity Watch Podcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at Infinity Rewatch. And we will talk about your tweets and questions or whatever in our next episode. Yeah. So, I think that's a wrap for WandaVision, folks. Oh, yeah. It was fun. Absolutely. On to the next one. Yeah. Well, until next time. Fuck the Fuck billionaires! Fuck them. <laughs> Dude, that is my favorite sign-off ever. <laughs> it's, 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 that's, it's, that's just what it is now.